And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I'm your host, Casey Hendrickson. I'm back. I'm still a little, I don't know, a little off. There's something up on my stomach. And I came in yesterday. I worked uh, worked the first job, came in yesterday, sat here for like 20 minutes, and it was just progressively getting worse, went home yesterday. But um, nothing major happened. It's just like, this doesn't feel good. I don't know. Maybe it's just stress. It could be. It's entirely possible. I hear that that can happen. But I am back in the studio today. This is a live show, which means open lines will happen at 4 o'clock. And it also means you should go to 953mnc.com and you should purchase your tickets to Noise November 19th at the Lerner Theater in Elkhart. Laura Southern is going to be joining me on stage, coming to town all the way from Canada, eh? And we're going to be talking about all sorts of stuff. Uh, and again, just a, a, one of my favorite people in the media. You know that I've been a fan of hers for a long time. People who listen to the show with any regularity have heard me refer to her work quite a bit. And I think that this is going to be by far and away the most unique and insightful noise that you have ever been to because you've never had an on-the-ground reporter before. You've never had a documentary filmmaker before. Now you do. In addition to all of that, she is a political commentator. So definitely go get those noise tickets. Uh, Again, VIPs tend to go pretty quick. So if you're looking at VIP with a meet and greet and everything else in there, Make sure you're planning on buying those sooner rather than later. Tons of people missed out on them last year. Uh, And, you know, obviously last year was um, very similar to previous shows. This year is totally different, completely different program. Again, 953mnc.com or thelearner.com to pick up your tickets for noise November 19th at the Learner Theater. All right. I wanted to talk about this yesterday. I did not have an opportunity to since I went home, uh, but I wanted I wanted to bring this up because there is this there's a mystery that isn't getting any of attention any any of attention any attention. And what I find strange about this is that the same news media that will constantly tell you that just if you say things like you can't believe that person over there or you can't believe that news station that somehow that is inciting violence upon all journalists or whatever, as we you know, routinely heard over and over and over again. Anybody who doesn't like the press, not just Donald Trump, but in particular Donald Trump, anybody who doesn't like the press or how the press treats them, and they call them out because they lie about things, and they go, CNN is fake news. Oh, that's a call to violence. Of course, it's not a call to violence. But they always make that claim. And members of the news media are the ones who do this. You know, basically, he's inciting violence on us, the reporters. We're just trying to do our job. And one of the things we've always pointed out is they were lying about Trump and saying that he was, you know, uh, destroying freedom of the press or anything like that. Not a single Trump action damaged the press's ability to do their job. Not a single one. And he didn't attack any reporters. He didn't attack any re, uh, reporting agencies. And I'm talking about from a governmental standpoint. He vented and gave his opinion about them, which is not an attack. But he never used an arm of the government to go after anybody. Obama did. And Biden has as well. And what I always find interesting about this is while there was some blowback, not a ton, but some blowback in how Obama treated the press, the Biden treatment of the press has largely gone completely unreported. And the reason I bring this up is a gentleman by the name of James Gordon Meek. Now, maybe that name sounds familiar to you, but you can't quite place it. James Gordon Meek 
is an award-winning producer. I guess that's his official title at ABC News. Producer is not really an accurate way to put him. Um, he's a journalist. And maybe he holds the title of a producer over at ABC, but he's a journalist. And, and he's also working on books. And he's really well known for being able to get information, particularly about the defense and intelligence sectors of our government. He's not what I would call the best, but he's very, very good. And something happened to James Gordon Meek. Now, we are currently near the end of October. We're just, what, 10 days away from Halloween. This guy vanished in April. Now, when I say he vanished in April, I mean he vanished in April. He's gone. And occasionally here and there you hear a little bit about him, but nothing really kind of comes up. And I'm, I'm just, something happened this past week that just brought the story kind of back. And I remember reading about this and then it just, I kind of forgot about it, as I assume that most people did, because nobody's covering it. This is a prominent Emmy Award winning member of the press who was in the middle of writing a book about the withdrawal from Afghanistan. And he vanished in April, and nobody talks about it? Now, here's where things get even weirder. He only vanished immediately after the FBI raided his home. Now, I suppose if you went back in time three, four, five years ago, there's a good chunk of you that probably would not assume that it was possible for our government to do what the governments of Russia and China and North Korea do, which is you know, essentially they pull up next to you in a van and they just kidnap you and you're disappeared. They do this in the UK too, by the way. Uh, we reported on that. People who have, uh, you know, it's not quite thought crimes, but people who espouse certain things that are considered offensive in the United Kingdom actually get swept up by these roaming squads in mobile vehicles. They get swept up and they get disappeared. This happens even in the UK. It doesn't typically happen here. But with January 6th, I think a lot of Americans started to realize, hey, our government will imprison people, American citizens, without charge. They will violate their Bill of Rights. They will violate their constitutional rights. And nobody will really do anything about it. Now, I'm going to give you a full disclaimer here before I go into the story a little bit further. I don't know where James Gordon Meek is. I don't know if he's in hiding on his own. I don't know if he's in detention by the federal government and he's swept up in a similar type scenario like some of the January 6th uh, protesters who have basically been incarcerated in solitary confinement and not allowed any contact with the outside world and no charges filed against them. I don't know. What I can tell you is that since April 27th, nobody has heard from James Gordon Meek. And that only happened right after he was raided by the FBI. And we still don't know why the FBI raided an ABC News journalist. So he tweeted out on April 27th. He was responding actually to a former CIA operative. There was these posts about how watching... Russia operate in Ukraine has given us a lot of insight in how Russia conducts military operations. 
Now, there's obviously truth to that. Um, but there was a, a former CIA operative um, who basically said, well, actually, we've been doing this since 2014. We've, we've been able to gather a lot of evidence on how Russia conducts military operations because of their operations, not just in you know Crimea and other parts of, of the world, but Syria as well. I would also like to remind everybody that during that time period, you know, we also eh, a little bit before 2014, I think it was like 20, 2013 or so is when we stopped joint operations with Russia. But we were conducting joint military operations with Russia across the world um, for a period of time under the Obama administration that stopped in his second term. So we've been able to get a lot of information about how Russia operates. But there's no doubt watching two conventional armies go go after each other, uh, which I, I told you at the very beginning of this thing, this is the first time this has happened in the modern era where we're going to see two modern armies go after each other with similar tactics, similar uh, levels of technology. And it's going to be kind of interesting to see what happens here. One has a more westernized philosophy. One still has the easternized philosophy. And it's clear that the easternized philosophy has major, major holes in it. There's no doubt about that. So while we've been able to observe the Russians and how they, they operate militarily, my big concern about all of this is the Russians have been able to learn how we do things as well. And the Russia, Russia did not learn its lessons from Chechnya. They did not adjust their tactics from Chechnya. A lot of people felt that they would. It turns out that they didn't. A lot of people were surprised by that. But the idea going forward that Russia is not going to adjust their tactics after Ukraine is crazy. I mean, you just... There would be no way that they're not going to adjust their tactics now. And they're going to adjust their tactics by learning how Ukraine does things. And Ukraine does things the way that we do things because we're largely telling Ukraine what to do, which means we're helping Russia out for a future conflict. And a lot of people go, we're learning so much about Russia right now. Well, yeah, but Russia's learning a lot about us too. And I don't necessarily think that that is a good thing. But he responded to that post about us learning about Russia's tactics. Going back to 2014, he retweeted it and he said, facts. Okay. Right after he tweeted that, he got raided by the FBI. That was at 4.59 a.m. on April 27, 2022. And right after that, he got raided by the FBI. Now, he lives in Washington, D.C., so shortly after that tweet went out, the FBI raided his apartment in D.C., and then he disappeared. Nobody has seen him since that tweet was posted. No one knows that the FBI took him into custody. Nobody has any idea if he's in custody at all. Nobody knows if he's free. Nobody knows if he's safe. Nobody knows anything. And he was co-authoring a book with Lieutenant Colonel Scott Mann. It was called Operation Pineapple Express. Now, this is about the disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan. But mostly it was about the American citizens who are private, who went into Afghanistan afterwards to rescue people who were abandoned by the Biden administration. So was he raided by the FBI because of what he tweeted, was he raided by the FBI because of the book that he was working on? Was he raided by the FBI because of some something that's not at all connected to any of this? And why do we not have any, any information about this at all? After the FBI raid, Mann, that's Lieutenant Colonel Scott Mann, who he was co-authoring the book with, says that Meek sent him a cryptic email withdrawing from the project for personal reasons 
and all the references to the book disappeared from Meek's website and the publisher's website. So Mann finished the book on his own, and it went on to become a bestseller. Of course, you can buy it right now. So he gets raided by the FBI. Right after that raid, he sends, he, allegedly, he, somebody sends a message from his email account telling his co-author, I don't want to be a part of this project anymore. And he's gone. Was he threatened? Is he in hiding? Was he detained? Is he currently in custody by the FBI? And why is it, folks, why is it that in the past two years, we suddenly have a rash of examples of the FBI taking American citizens from American soil into custody and us not hearing from them anymore. Why is that? Unnamed sources in the FBI, the Department of Justice, have said the federal agents allegedly found classified information on his laptop during their raid. An investigative journalist who worked with Meek said that it would be highly unusual for a reporter or producer to keep any classified information on a computer. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, Meek does have a lawyer, and his lawyer says that he's unaware of what allegations um, his client would be facing. He's not aware of anything that would deal with classified information. He says if such documents exist, as it has been claimed, it would be within the scope of his long career as an investigative journalist covering government wrongdoing. The allegations in your inquiry are troubling. For a different reason, they appear to come from a source inside the government. It is highly inappropriate and illegal for individuals in the government to leak information about an ongoing investigation. That's, again, when other reporters reached out to his attorney about any information about what was going on. And his lawyer's like, you're not supposed to even be asking me about any of this. There's a lot of questions here. But what we do know is that a very prominent reporter for ABC News has vanished, and he vanished in April, and nobody seems to be doing any stories on it. Nobody in the news media seems to care. When ABC News has reached out to you, they're like, we have no idea what in the world is going on. Why is an ABC every single day got a picture of James Gordon Meek on their, their nightly news saying, we still want to know where our friend and colleague is? Where's the missing persons bulletins? Where's the request? Where's ABC News? bringing the full force of their journalist empire. Why aren't they using everything and going after the federal government? Where's the FOIA request on why he was raided? Where is all, why is ABC News not doing anything about getting their guy back? And why isn't the rest of the news media pointing out that the FBI raided a journalist's home and now that journalist has gone and vanished in the wind? And nobody else seems to be writing anything about it. But they're still writing stories about how Donald Trump is inciting violence against the news media. Correct me if I'm wrong here, ladies and gentlemen, but did Donald Trump make a reporter or a journalist disappear? Because Biden apparently did. Got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel.
And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. All right. Let's let's talk. Be prepared for some audio here. Let's talk about a couple of things. Newsmax. Newsmax has cut ties with Laura Logan after she said world leaders dying on the blood of children. Now, I'm going to play you the clip of Laura Logan, and then I'm going to play you another clip, and I'm going to ask you which one you think is worse. Now, before we start this, one of these stories is not getting covered but is brand new, and one of these stories is the most covered thing trending on Twitter, everything else today, and is also brand new. So isn't that interesting? So I want you to just go ahead and listen to Laura Logan. This is her on Newsmax, and uh, this is what she said. So you have full context of what it was that she was saying. Is God okay with a closed border? It's much bigger than that. God believes that in, in sovereignty and national identity and the sanctity of family and all the things that we've lived with from the beginning of time. And he knows that the open border is Satan's way of taking control of the world through all of these uh, people who are his stooges and his and his uh, servants. And they may think that they're going to become gods. That's what they tell us, Yuval Noah Harari and, and all the rest of them at the World Economic Forum. You know, the ones who want us eating insects, cockroaches and that while they dine uh, on the blood of children. <laughs> yeah. Those are the people, right? They're not yeah. going to win. We- not- okay. For the record, when she says we're going to be gods, she's accurately quoting World Economic Forum officials. They did say that. We played that audio clip on this show. That is not a myth. That is something that actually happened. Now, there will be some air quote fact checkers out there that go, oh, but it's missing context. Doesn't matter. That's what was said. So Laura Logan basically says, you know, they want us to eat bugs while they dine on the blood of our children. All right. You might not like you might not like Laura, Laura Logan. That's fine. You don't have to like Laura Logan. Um Newsmax doesn't have to keep her around if she says things like that. Laura Logan is known to say things that uh, would be seen as uh, less than ideal for certain corporate types. I do the same thing, which is generally why I only get invited to places one time, and then they don't invite me back. But Laura Logan, um, I don't, did she mean that literally? I don't know enough about her to know if that was meant to be literal, that they're literally going to die on the blood of your children, or if she was simply using imagery. So Laura Logan basically says, okay, paraphrasing, but also quoting her, she says that uh, the World Economic Forum wants you to eat bugs while they die in the blood of our children. All right, cool. Um, this is what Ethan Klein said about Ben Shapiro. My audio is still up. This is what Ethan Klein said about Ben Shapiro this last week. I just say, if we, they start rounding up the Jews again, I hope Ben gets gassed first. Cool. Which one do you think is getting news coverage? Now, some of you are going to go, who's Ethan Klein? And the only reason that I know who Ethan Klein is is because another YouTuber that I follow uh, talks about Ethan Klein all the time. But apparently Ethan Klein uh, in his his podcast, I guess, on, on YouTube is like one of the first ones that was on YouTube and is very, very... Used to be the biggest show on on streaming and that sort of stuff. It's not anymore, but it's still very, very popular. So Ethan Klein is a millionaire who has a mansion in California, but he's an ultra left-wing hack guy who basically phones it in every little show that he does. Uh, So the H3 podcast is kind of like, I guess, a 
big deal, if you will, in the live streaming world. So Ethan Klein, who is famous and has the ear of the CEO of YouTube, who protects him and basically does what he wants, he says, if they come to start gassing the Jews again, I hope Ben Shapiro gets gassed first. And one of the things that I and others have noticed is that there aren't any news stories about this. Not on your standard corporate media, but Laura Logan, Laura Logan says that the World Economic Forum wants you to eat bugs while they dine in the blood of your children, and that becomes the biggest news story of the afternoon? Which one of those comments do you think is worse? Let me know in the comments section on Rumble. Rumble.com slash Casey the host. Rumble.com slash Casey the host. We got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. MNC News Time is 3.32. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that last a lifetime. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Do you want to thank R&B Car Company, locations in South Bend and Warsaw? R&B Car Company are your used car experts. You can find them online at rbcarcompany.com. Joining us on the phone line today is Andy Rudden. Andy Rudden is running for Penn Harris Madison School Board. He's in the at-large seat there. Andy, how you doing, man? Hey, I'm doing very good, Casey. How are you doing? I'm hanging in there. A lot of interesting things have happened in the PHM race, and there's some speculation about some stuff. I wanted to talk to you about some of this. Uh, let's just start off first with the the mass email about the South Bend Tribune article about board candidates. And you know, this is something I kind of ran into last week, too, Andy, was that some of the candidates in Berrien County, they felt like they were they were not getting a fair shake with the newspaper, I know that you you guys have kind of had a similar sort of a scenario. Can you explain what's going on with that? Yeah, we, uh, you know, uh, I'm running with uh, for the school board along with Brian Jones and Matt Chaffee for the Penn Harris Madison School Board, and you know we've done interviews uh, wherever we could to try to get our message out about our school board campaign. And the Tribune had done an interview uh, for, I think, Brian and I, and, and Matt also. And, you know, they, they didn't really include what the, you know, the, the content of the interview. They, they ended up just kind of piecemealing certain parts together that, that didn't really make sense, uh, you know, apart from each other. Uh, it, it ends up kind of just being a very biased article. Um, more of an, a, an opinion article, and it really kind of shined a light about how great Penn currently is. It, it didn't really get into a lot of the issues that have come to surface recently related to, uh, you know, woke politics, uh, critical race theory, um, some of the some of the troubles that uh, the, the kids have been having in the school. Um, so yeah, and then the. Uh, so then come to find out that the superintendent, Jerry Thacker, at the Penn Harris Madison Schools, he, he emails out this, this article uh, to every employee in the Penn Harris Madison School District. 
Hmm. Every and, single and that's, employee. That's really, yeah. I mean, he, he didn't give any context. He just includes just the one article from one news source and sends it out to all his employees. Now, in the news article that was written by the, the South Bend Tribune, did the the columnist who wrote it, did they include that PHM was found to have been breaking the law with the SAC committees? And did they also include the the allegations of inappropriate financial conduct with the superintendent and members of the school board? Did they happen to include that in there, or was it just all... PHM is amazing and great, and here's basically these extremists who are running to upend that. Yeah, you know, as far as the the, the financial impropriety, I, I didn't see any any mention of that in the article. Uh, the 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 illegal meetings that they had earlier this year, uh, I, I don't think it was included. They, you know, the, the Tribune had ran articles on that earlier this year, but I don't think it was included in this in this latest article that was sent around to to all the the staff at the in the school district. Mm-hmm. That's interesting, don't you think? If they're going to be doing a puff piece on PHM. That would paint them in a glowing light, which basically kind of throttles you and other candidates and what you're running for. Shouldn't they include some of the things that PHM has been caught doing recently? Yeah, and and that's kind of why I view it as as more of a like an opinion opinion article because it's it was really just mentioning how Penn is is doing great. They've had challenges, but but those challenges should be expected and they've, they've overcome all that. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it, it really, and, and it, and it helps out the, uh, some of the, the school board candidates who are running uh, the, the opposition candidates, it helps them out because their whole message is, is Penn's doing fine and we shouldn't change anything. Yeah. And that's kind of the message I've been, I've been seeing in the news media too, is that Penn is still better than a lot of schools. And so everything is a okay. But they're ignoring that Penn's Penn's academics have declined from Penn's history of academics. That's not up for debate. That's what the stats show. Uh, it's all the state information. So yeah, and that and that trend has been kind of in decline, not just for the last couple of years, but for about the last uh, ten or twelve years. There's been a a decline in some of the uh, state standardized uh, test results. Not only has there been a general decline, but there's been a spread. Some schools didn't decline very much. Some some schools declined a lot. So there's getting to be more variation between the schools as far as their those testing results. Yeah. Something else I found in my research on PHM2, and, and I don't know necessarily what this means, but what I found interesting is that they're rated as a school that prepares students for college very well. But Penn graduates don't tend to graduate from college. They, they graduate from college below the state average. I thought that was interesting. They're better prepared to go into college, and yet they graduate at lower rates than is average. I don't know why that is. I don't know what might be motivating that, but I thought that was an interesting trend. Now, is this the same That's article? A very interesting point. I hadn't, I hadn't heard that. Um, what I have heard is Penn mentions quite often that they have a, a 97% graduation rate which, you know, that sounds that very anything. good, but it's it's been stuck at 97 for uh, a handful of years now with very little variation. And 
I've gotten some feedback from some parents in the community that I've talked with that they felt that their kid was kind of rushed through school, yeah. maybe wasn't quite prepared to to graduate. So I think I think the standards are being are are being lowered, and in doing so, they're able to maintain a higher graduation rate. Yeah, this is something that I saw in in Las Vegas quite a bit. The Clark County School District would graduate students who would fail the proficiency exams every year. So they would get their graduation rates up and that boosts their their monetary compensation from the government. So that doesn't graduation rates don't necessarily mean anything. Uh, those test scores are, are a lot. Now is this the same article that Matt Chaffee wrote an editorial about? Is this the same one? Because he claimed that they he was misrepresented in a uh, newspaper article. That's the same article, correct? Yeah, it is. Okay. And from what I understand uh, Matt Chaffee was also running for school board, uh, and he believes that the newspaper misrepresented his position on a whole wide range of things. Uh, he got the editorial. He sent out a press release, but he also had the editorial published in realnewsmichiana.com, and he really felt that the author of the article misrepresented what he was campaigning on and kind of ignored the things that he was saying and was basically putting words in his mouth in order to you know, paint him, you know, I guess put him in a corner, if you will, and kind of pigeonhole him mm-hmm. as, as some kind of a candidate that he's not even advocating for, for being. Um, so I thought that was interesting. And, and I don't, I don't, I don't want to ask you necessarily to, you know, get into his mind. I'll talk with Matt about that at some point in time, but I was just kind of curious if it was the same article. The other question that I had for you, Andy, was you've got the, um, the parent list. There is an allegation going around right now that parents of Penn students are being directly targeted in an email campaign from school board members that are currently on the board and and may actually be the same members that are up for re-election. Is the school board, to your knowledge, are they emailing parents of Penn Harris Madison and using the school database for campaign purposes? Well, the I, I haven't seen that the school board members who are up for re-election, I haven't seen that they have directly sent out emails, but I have seen emails that their direct employee, Superintendent Jerry Thacker, has sent out emails directly to the whole school. And then um, also the the schools have been included, uh, including some of this information, this campaign information on the um, – the newsletters that are sent out from each individual school within the school district. And uh, somebody had sent out uh, a campaign solicitation for the current school uh, board members. Maybe this is what you're, uh, what you're, you've been hearing about. There was a, a parent within the, the, the school community who had sent out to all the other parents within one of the schools a solicitation for the current school board members being up for re-election, including asking for donation funds and negative attacks upon uh, Matt, Matt Chaffee, Brian Jones, and myself. I really need to say, you know, Brian, Brian, Andy, and Matt, because the three of us, we like to go by the, the, the phrase BAM, because the three of us, 
you know, we share similar values. So, you know, we've been, we would work in del- together a little bit when it, when it makes sense to help each other out. So I guess some of the questions would be, one, would this qualify as in-kind contributions if it's emanating from members of the board or people who are subordinate to the board, like a superintendent, that would technically be an in-kind contribution, uh, could potentially be a breach of the public trust if you have faculty members providing email lists, which is private data protected by FACTA laws, et cetera. But the other thing is that if it is just a parent who on their own, with no help of anybody in any faculty capacity whatsoever, was sending out an email to every parent in PHM, how did they get that email list? And what yeah, access and, do they have I'm, to the email list? I'm, I'm not sure, but I'm, I'm certain that that list came through the school uh, these are lists that are used for uh, announcing classroom activities, uh, student activities that are related to, you know, school activities. Okay. And I had heard that this person is also a volunteer for one of the local mm. county candidates uh, in the de- from the Democrat Party. Interesting. That's okay. There's some funny business going. I can't. I can't definitively say that there's something illegal here. But what I can tell you is, if there is an email coming from faculty supporting certain board members in an official capacity, so like if you have a superintendent sending out saying, "I as superintendent," on their official work email, that's an in-kind contribution. Um, there's potential abuse there as well from using public public uh, resources to help in a political campaign and that sort of thing. So there's some real issues there potentially. Um, And again, I don't know necessarily that that's happened, but there's some questions that need to be answered here because there's some impropriety and considering that Penn has done things not by the books in recent memory, it should probably be looked at. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely uh, a breach of trust. Uh, You know, parents, Parents sign up, for, you know, to get information to the school related to school activities. I think this is going to turn off a lot of parents, and they're just going to, you know, be more aware that the the school district is just increasingly uh, politicized, and and yeah. it's not really related to education. You know, that's that's my number one goal as a school board candidate is. I want to make sure that the Penn Harris Madison schools, their top priority needs to be educating the kids. Hey, that's and- what we send our kids to school for. That's what that's what needs to happen. There you go. Hey, Andy, um, best of luck with the campaign. What's the website to learn more about you and support your campaign again? Yeah, it's uh, uh, Andy4PHM.com and then Andy Rutten for PHM on Facebook. Awesome. Thank you, man. I appreciate the information. You take care. Yeah, thanks for letting me call in and, and talk about this. No problem. All right, buddy. All right, we got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. All right, went a little long with Andy, and I didn't want to split that up into two segments, so we're pretty much on a hard news out here. So I'm going to take this opportunity to remind you to go to 953mnc.com. 
You can also go to thelearner.com. You can pick up your tickets to Noise, which is happening November 19th at The Learner in Elkhart. And again, Lauren Southern is going to be joining us on stage. And it's going to be a blast. Like I said, you've got a, an on-the-ground reporter, you've got a documentary filmmaker, and a political commentator. We've not had a reporter or a filmmaker before. So it's going to be great. The annual event, Noise, is going to be happening November 19th. Get your tickets now at 953mnc.com. I've literally been trying to get Lauren Southern for about seven or eight years now. Open lines are next. You can call now. We'll take those calls. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Got to tell you about Balance of Nature. Again, if you need more fruits and veggies in your diet, Balance of Nature is the perfect way for you to get that without having a meal prep, meal plan, go buy fruits and veggies, or worse yet, have to taste them while you consume them. Go to balanceofnature.com. Don't look at me that way. Don't act like broccoli tastes good. It doesn't taste good. Cauliflower tastes good when you add oil and cheese to it. Same thing with broccoli, basically. You smother it in nacho cheese, then it's like tolerable. She's looking at me like, no, vegetables are good. No, they're not. There's a reason that people don't eat them. That's why you go to balanceofnature.com. You don't have to eat them. You just take the pills and you're good to go. In fact, uh, Josh stopped in earlier and he went He went for these and these were gone. Is that what happened last week? He went for the fruits and veggies and they were gone. <laughs> He's addicted, I'm telling you. Go to balanceofnature.com, promo code Laura, L-A-U-R-A, and you save 35%. Okay, before I head to the phone lines, by the way, line one is not screened, just so you know. Uh, before we go back to the phone lines here for open lines, which is 574-2595-953, that is 2595-953, there is, there is a massive change in local politics here that just broke today. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Real Clear Politics is now predicting that Tudor Dixon will be the next governor of Michigan. And this is just a prediction, okay? But I want you, we've been tracking the RCP average. As most of you know, when I cover elections, I use the RCP with regularity. And Real Clear Politics takes the average of all of the polls, and then they give you the average, okay? If you go back four or five months, Governor Whitmer was up 37 points. If you go back to August, Whitmer was up 17.6. And then you get to, uh, what date is this? Uh, August 26th. So uh, towards the end of August, suddenly Whitmer was up plus nine. So she went being up, you know, at the beginning of August, plus over 17. A couple of weeks later, She's just plus nine, and she's basically been hovering at plus nine, plus eight, that sort of thing, right? And then all of a sudden, we started to see that she was, like, plus six. And the debate happened. The debate that Governor Whitmer had been avoiding this entire time. And then the, the first polls to come out of that debate showed them tied, dead heat. So it went from Whitmer plus 37 to a dead heat with Tudor Dixon. And now more polls have come out. They're all margin of error. They are all margin of error. It's, it's plus three right now as the RCP average for Whitmer. So real clear politics, uh, they officially have this rated as a toss-up. 
but their projection is that Tudor Dixon will win. It'll be a pickup for the GOP. I don't know if that's going to happen. What I can tell you is they're probably looking at the momentum here. And if you go back to early August, Tudor Dixon has steadily been gaining on Gretchen Whitmer. And after the debate where Tudor Dixon slaughtered her, it's not even up for debate. Okay, Tudor Dixon just mopped the floor with her during that debate. It is now considered a Tudor Dixon race, according to Real Clear Politics. Now, there are others who disagree with that assessment, but Real Clear Politics has been the more accurate uh, of the polling firms that I use. It's one of the reasons I use them, and I don't use 538 all that much, because they tend to be better, okay? Uh, the polling that has consistently shown double-digit leads for Gretchen Whitmer, you know, there's two news outfits. They're both out of Detroit. They're the only ones that have ever shown double-digit leads, and I think that they have been skewing the polls. Now, either those two polling firms, which are like Detroit News and um, and and that sort of thing, if those those two media outlets who basically hired for the the polling, if they're accurate, they will be the the two that are accurate, and everybody else in the country will be wrong. Whereas everybody else in the country has had this as a single-digit race for a very long time. And I think that those polls that occasionally show, you know, plus 11, plus 13, they're washing out these other polls that are margin of error, plus two, plus three, that sort of stuff, or tied. They're washing them out, and they're over, they're over projecting Gretchen Whitmer, if that's the case. So real clear politics. Uh, they've also shifted the Pennsylvania Senate race now. It's project, uh, projected, predicted and projected. To be, I'm merging those two words, to be uh, Dr. Oz now winning that. Uh, they've also now projected that J.D. Vance is going to win. So there's been some big, big shifts now as the debates have happened, and Democrats have not performed very well in the debates. So this is a very interesting development. This just broke today. Real Clear Politics is now projecting that Michigan will be a pickup for the GOP and that Tudor Dixon will win. Very interesting. I'm not telling you that it's true. I'm saying that's their prediction based on their models. And if you look at the uh, the polling data on this, it there's no doubt about it. Tudor Dixon has been the one that's on fire, and Gretchen Whitmer is, is struggling mightily. All of her promises, everything she said she was going to do as governor, did not happen. It's the truth. All right, to the phone lines we go. Uh, Ryan, welcome to the program. Good afternoon. <laughs> Good afternoon, Casey. How are you doing? And I hope you're feeling better. Yeah, I'm okay, man. What's up? So uh, I actually just want to start off by taking a, a quick uh, some time uh, saying that that we need to get people out and vote because if we do not uh, and we don't get the country back, uh, we're, we're not going to have a country anymore. Well, it's getting to that point. Did you see that Rob Reiner said, for the first time ever, I'm fearful that we'll lose our democracy? And, of course, Rob oh. Reiner says that every week, and he's been saying it every week for five years, so he got called out on that. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, he's a huge lefty. He he doesn't like Republicans at all. But interesting. Oh, yeah. Well, I know. We, we need to go out there, and we need to fight like hell. And that's there, exactly what Trump said, and it's 100% accurate. There you go. Probably the best political shirt ever made, too, by the way. Shout out to Steven Crowder and gang. All right. Appreciate yep. it. Thanks, well, Ryan. You have a great day. Let's go, Brandon. All right. Take care, man. 
Yeah, it's uh, if for those of you who don't know, Steven Crowder has the uh, Fight Like Hell shirts. They're awesome, uh, absolutely awesome. I own one. I'm just too fat to wear it. Stacy, welcome to the program. Hi, Hi I just wanted to call in and comment on. Um, so I'm running for Concord School Board in District Two, okay. and the Elkhart County League of Women Voters had hosted a candidate forum last night and. They had sent us a list of questions um, to help us prepare for our presentations. And honestly, I was a little disappointed in the other candidates because they didn't really address any issues head on. Um, it was really insubstantial, the things that they talked about. And, you know, I wanted to know things like I, I've never been on a school board before. So I was interested to know their philosophies on, you know, the hot issues like critical race theory, gender identity issues, those types of things. Mm -hmm. And I was hoping to hear um, our academic proficiency scores are in the toilet and no one addressed anything. And so I hope if I have any people listening in my district Go to Facebook and find that video because you will know exactly where I stand on everything. So and, I don't and, know. Have you followed the Concord School Board at all? A little bit. You know, it's unfortunately with, with my job, it makes it hard to follow everybody because we cut, cover such a wide area in two states. It makes it very difficult. Um, so I'm familiar with some of the candidates only because they've really reached out to me or they've run up. It, you know, to me in, in some of the events or something like that, but I haven't spent mm -hmm. a ton of time with Concord. Um, all I know is that Obama can't pronounce it and that parents are not real happy with the school system right now. That's really all I know. Uh, you know, there's really not, not much that I've had in dealing with Concord. So I, I guess yeah. you mentioned the academics. You know, what do you see then? You said you're a candidate, correct? Right. And you're running for which district? Uh, district two. District two. Okay. So yep. what are what are some of the things that that you would want to do as a candidate for district two in Concord to help fix some of the issues that you see as being issues with the school board? Well, I think I would probably start with more transparency about where everybody on the school board stands on certain topics. Like mm -hmm. they don't really have a transparent way of sharing how the board members are voting on certain topics. So it's hard to know, like how are you supposed to know who to reelect or not reelect when you don't know how people are voting? Okay. So that frustrates me. Mm -hmm. And I would like to know um, more about the curriculum and what are we doing to address the academic proficiency scores and I was at a school board meeting and I had asked I'm like what so what is our goal here do we have a target we're going to meet that we're trying to get these kids up to a better score and I really didn't get a solid answer I got well we look for growth and I'm like okay well that's great but how are you going to measure that like do you want to see a 10% increase in proficiency do you want to see you know more than that what's a reasonable metric and it was just really vague and that was disappointing to me that it wasn't more 
So they don't have any like goals. They're just like, well, as long right. as we're not slipping backwards, I guess we're doing good. Right. Which I know you were just talking about graduation rates with um, your yeah. PHM member. Yeah. And, and I mean, the thing, a... the thing with Penn, the reason I'm, I, I just want to clarify the thing with Penn is that they're rated as being really good at preparing kids for college, but the kids who leave Penn and go to college graduate at lower rates than the state average. And I don't know what the answer is to why that is. You know, maybe it's a personal Mm -hmm. choice. Maybe they are pushing students through. I don't know. But I thought that that was really interesting because Penn is considered one of the best schools, uh, school systems in the the state for preparing kids for college. And yet they don't graduate at those rates. So I would, I would expect there to be a transition there. and It's not happening. Right. Well, so we've had a, 2% 2% decrease in our graduation rate over the last five years. Okay. So it's not improvement. Then. I think we, right. So I think we have a great opportunity, especially in Elkhart, to gear kids towards some of the trades. I'm, we're a manufacturing hub of the yep. country. Yep. And why are we not, I mean, they are moving in the right direction. They do have some construction trades happening. We partner with the Career Center, but the community is really asking to put out a lot more students who are developed in these skills. And so I would love to expand that program and get people interested. Well, and this is the thing that I I bring up with everybody when we talk about vocational trades and things like that here with the educational system. You know, again, we are a manufacturing hub, as you've mentioned, but we are set up perfectly to be the regional distribution hub for half of the country. And that does happen to some extent, but it, it could easily be increased. Texas does, you know, basically the Western half of the country, um, us, Chicago, and a couple of other places kind of have handle the East, but we could take over all of that because the other places that we're competing with are so unfriendly to businesses. But the other thing is, is that construction's great and we need a lot of people doing construction. Don't get me wrong. But we are a machining area, a lot of tool and die, a lot of CNC, a lot of, and nobody has any idea how to do it. And all of these shops are desperately hurting for people. And it is a trade that is future proof and you can take it anywhere you want. So if you want to leave the area and go move somewhere else, you can take that with you. And oh, by the way, once you learn how to do it, you can literally make anything that you want just from your brain out of whatever material your equipment is set up to run on. And, you know, the ability to create things that way are just, it it would be inspiring and huge, I think, for young people to see if you can get them to see that sort of thing. Right. But, I, you know, we ought to expose them early. I mean, right. as you've talked about before, we everybody's on a college track, and it's just not for everybody. Yeah, I mean, college is almost so, for nobody, if we're honest with ourselves. College is almost for nobody. True. College isn't something that is super necessary like it used to be. And now mm-hmm. we're at a point where most of the most of the courses that you can major in in college are not courses that you need to major in in order to get a good job, and they don't actually help you financially. They just put you in debt. So most college right now is a giant scam. That's just the truth. There are some fields that certainly, if you're going to go into, you must have a a very good college education to go into those fields, and I still recommend that people do that. But there's no sense in going to college for a lot of other stuff. You know, I've talked about it before. You know, I was in the computer sciences. We did IT security and things like that. 
the people who came out of college with a degree in it were the dumbest people we ever encountered. The high school dropout mm-hmm. who had his certifications was more qualified. And so we would take that person, generally speaking, after a test, of course, we would take that person and they would be hired. Whereas the person with a bachelor's degree who didn't have any certifications and didn't know what they were doing, they didn't get hired. You know, but they thought they would get yeah. hired just because they had a bachelor's degree. Well, I got a bachelor's degree in this. Well, I'm sorry. You can't do a basic troubleshooting. What do, what do you want from right. us? <laughs> so. Exactly. Yeah. So I would just hope we could grow those people out of our school and they want to settle down here and they yeah. just grow the wealth of our community. That would be my That would be goal. nice. Yeah, that would so, be nice. Yeah. All right. Hey, Stacey, I got to run. Appreciate the call. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. Good luck with the campaign. Thanks. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. We got more open lines coming up. 574-2595-953. That is 2595-953. And again, you can also uh, comment on the live stream at rumble.com slash Casey the host. More coming up on Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Got to tell you about Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that last a lifetime. Go to impressjewelers.com. And what I really want you to do when you go to the website, I want you to click on the IJC line of, of jewelry. So just scroll down and you'll see a collection list on the bottom. And on the left-hand side there, IJC, one of a kind. I want you to click on that. And I want you to take a look at the custom pieces of jewelry that are made in-house right there at Impress Jewelry Creations. And they're one of a kind pieces that you will never see anywhere else. You're not going to go to a mall and have a thousand people wearing the piece of jewelry that you're going to buy that special someone. Uh, The 18 karat white and rose gold cranberry zircon and diamond pendant is stunning. My personal tastes are a little bit more towards the Black South Sea Pearl chain, but they are absolutely gorgeous. They have other pieces there that you can see as well, and you can go to Impress Jewelers in Granger, Indiana. They're at 1233 East University Drive. You can see them in person, and you can buy them in store right there. Make sure you let them know that I sent you too, please. All right, to the phone lines we go. Uh, Bertrand, welcome to the program. Good afternoon. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm pretty good. I, I, uh, I'm i a longtime listener of talk radio. I go all the way back to uh, Paul Harvey and, oh, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. and uh, Dean Clarence Mannion. Mm-hmm. And I bought a book about 40 years ago by Eustace Mullins. It was about a guy named Ezra Pound that got picked up by the FBI and was kept in solitary confinement for about 40 years. No kidding. And not too many people have heard of it, but I bought the book. And then at the time on uh, Chuck Harder, they said that the government was taking the book off the shelves at the colleges. So I ordered a spare. So I had two of them. Mm-hmm. But it's not unknown that people get disappeared. And then the other thing, 
I listen okay. to your show, and I listen to all, all the people that call in because it just gives me new insight into everything. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned the South Bend Tribune and some kind of shady crap that's going on. Four years ago, I went to the websites downstate for the state of Indiana, and I got financial statements for a township. Mm-hmm. And it showed two people that don't exist that were paid tens of thousands of dollars out of this township. And so I decided I kept going. To, I've been going to the meetings now for six years, and I'm running for trustee because, like one of your callers said, they need we need more transparency in everything that's going on. But unfortunately, everybody covers up everything. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of examples of people who don't exist getting paid. There's a lot of examples of nepotism and things like that in this community. That's that's for sure. Uh, I mean, just look at the hubris with the St. Joseph County clerk going into the absentee ballot room and not thinking that it was ever going to be covered and that they would ever have to worry about covering their tracks because it just isn't. You know, it's just not covered. You know, there's a major story with Dana Nessel this week, and none of the local news channels have covered it. experience and I'm kind of ancient uh, people get so used to doing wrong that they it's, it comes natural to them and they don't think anybody cares or is watching but people are watching everything yeah. and also that news you said about Tudor Dixon mm-hmm. that made a day hey you know I hope it's true and I told people before you know you you cannot we were I think if we weren't the first we were one of the first people to interview her she was she was at the bottom of the the list of candidates that were in the Republican primary the first time we interviewed Tudor Dixon. And I I hung up and I said, guys, I haven't seen a campaign for a freshman candidate that prepared to run before. And that's the truth. In every state that I've lived in and all of the 17 plus years that I've been covering politics and in, involved in politics, I have never seen a new candidate better prepared to run than Tudor Dixon. I've not seen somebody, and, and again, you can say that that's because of the the um, the DeVos family, and all, maybe, but she's prepared. The DeVos family can only do so much. The candidate has to do the rest, and Tudor Dixon has been hitting the ground running from day one. And as the campaigns wait on, and yes, I have questions about the other candidates being removed and, and the ballot issues there, 100%, uh, the signature issues, but at the same time, I don't think that there is any doubt that if Republicans had a chance to beat Whitmer, Tudor Dixon was the only chance they really had. Um, and it's not I'm not meaning that as a knock on the other campaigns. It's just that she's been willing to go anywhere and talk to anybody. And the other candidates weren't. And I'm, I'm well, I've listened to a lot of candidates and I heard her on TV and she made a lot of sense. I don't live in Michigan. I live right by the Michigan border in sure. South Bend. Yeah. And but I I listened to four hours of news at night on Fox, and then I listened to Bongino and you every afternoon, just sitting outside enjoying the weather. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm learning a lot, and I hope I hope things change because our politicians just aren't up to snuff. Yeah. And when I see somebody like Tudor Dixon, I say, boy, I hope she gets in. Hey, you know, I, I get people have their reservations about her, but 
the alternative well, is Gretchen Whitmer, guys. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, Whitmer. you know, it's yeah. not like you're dealing with two bad apples here. You're dealing with a bad apple and at the very best, an unknown, much better apple. Well, <laughs> so, I agree with you 100%. And keep up the good work. Right. I listen to you every day. Thank so. you. I appreciate it. You take care. You have a good right. one. You too. You too. All right. Uh, open lines 574 25 95 95 3. That is 25 95 95 3. And uh, once again, we're taking open line phone calls. So we do have one line open. Best of luck. We'll be back in a few minutes. MNC News Time is 434. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that last a lifetime. Tip off the NBA season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. New customers, you can get $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first bet of $5. Again, just use promo code Casey at sign up. Plus, all customers get three months of NBA League Pass when they make a $5 bet on NBA on the NBA, courtesy of FanDuel Sportsbook. Then you can watch all of the action as you bet on everything from the money line to the point spreads to the totals. And best of all, you're going to get your winnings paid instantly. No more chasing down the bookie a week or two weeks down the road or even a couple of days down the road. FanDuel is going to pay you instantly. So don't miss your chance to get $150 in free bets plus three months of NBA League Pass with my promo code. That is promo code Casey. Make every moment more with FanDuel America's, uh, well, America's favorite sports book, partner of the NBA as well. And here's uh, here's the thing. Live betting, they've got the same game parlays you can pick, or you can go ahead and choose one of the pre-made same game parlays for you. That is a great option. If I'm not able to dive into something, I just pick one of the same game parlays that seems to make sense. And uh, best of luck with FanDuel Sportsbook. Again, you must be 21 or over and present in Indiana. New customers, first online real money wager only, $10 deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable free bets that expire in 14 days. Existing customers, $5 NBA wager required. Limit one pass per customer across both offers. Restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you have a gambling problem, please get help. Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. NBA League Pass. Local blackout restrictions do still apply. All right. Back to the phone lines we go. We have Lee. Welcome to the program. Well, let's queue up. I can't say it. Let's queue up cool in the gang so we're ready to celebrate here in Michigan. The very professional campaign of Tudor Dixon has done something remarkable. She has gotten the endorsement of the Detroit News. Wait, what? Tudor Dixon for governor of oh, Michigan. I got to fact check you. Has received, Hold on. Has received the endorsement of the Detroit News. Hold on a second. I got I to look this up. <laughs> what? What? Now, there is a reason for this. The Detroit News has given a poor mark to uh, Gretchen because it marks her down for not playing well with others. Well, she doesn't. The Detroit News They're right. has, stated, has stated she does not work with the state legislature, and that is why uh, she had lost her power 
for the uh, emergency declarations because she would not go to the state legislature to get it legally extended, and she overused her powers as governor. The endorsement states that Dixon would return Michigan to consensus governing and that she is the best choice to lead the state for the next four years. Holy smokes. And, and see, this gets extra interesting for me because Detroit News, they're one of the two outfits whose polling consistently has double-digit leads for Gretchen. And and there's a lot of speculation that maybe there's some bias that was happening there. But now they've come out and they've actually endorsed Tudor Dixon. Holy smokes. Wow. And there's, some, and there's another thing that's going on. All us parents are working together. We've got uh, groups called Let Them Play that have endorsed Tudor Dixon because of Gretchen's uh, terrible stand on closing school. Yeah, Tudor's got a ton sport. of endorsements. But now, last week, 600 parents in Dearborn, Michigan, attended a school board meeting to protest the, uh, how can I say, you know, the uh, pornographic material Mm -hmm. that was found in the Dearborn public school. Right. Mm -hmm. So you have now uh, parents from Lake Michigan to Lake Huron down to Detroit protesting together against these school boards that are trying to bring out the Nestle, uh, uh, you know, drag queen in every school right. theory of, of uh, you know, uh, education. Uh, Tudor so, just picked up, um, I, I saw this too, I don't know if you saw this yesterday, but uh, Tulsi Gabbard endorsed her. Did right. you see that? Right. Yeah, so she's picked yeah. up a, a ton of very interesting endorsements lately. But the, yeah, this one was a surprise. I did not see this one. I didn't see it. So the Detroit News endorsing Tudor Dixon. I mean, everybody's basically abandoning her. She's uh, Gretchen is going down the river. Wow, that's big. That's that's big. I mean, because the Detroit News again, them and the uh, uh, the Detroit Free Press, those are the two news outfits who conduct polls that have Gretchen up two digits. No other poll ever has Gretchen up two digits. By double digits. They're the only two. And the fact that one of them is endorsed Tudor is very, very interesting. So, right. And, of course, Gretchen has a problem that uh, she never got above 50% approval rating. Well, and, so, and yeah. you know, there's a couple of things to, to analyze. Look, Michigan is Michigan, and I'm always very leery of Michigan. But let's not forget, you know, you had the scandal in Flint, and Gretchen Whitmer was successful in blaming the Republican governor, Snyder, over that, uh, while she herself did what she accused Snyder of doing in Benton Harbor. And it hasn't played out in the media like it did with Flint. So I guess the people of Benton Harbor aren't as important as the people of Flint. But also Gretchen Whitmer benefited from the marijuana legalization bit because the Republican Party of Michigan, instead of taking control of that issue, uh, they, you know, they were able to basically give that issue over to the electorate, it was going to be legalized and the Republicans could have changed it any way they wanted to legislatively, and they chose not to. And that brought a ton of younger people in who voted for Gretchen Whitmer, and and a lot of people wanted, you know, fixed roads and everything else, and she didn't do any of that. The roads have actually gotten worse in Michigan, according to the latest survey. So all of her promises haven't been fulfilled. Everything she did during COVID, all of that other stuff, I mean, it's, it's there really isn't a reason to vote for her 
unless you are a rabid pro-abortionist. That's the only reason to vote for Gretchen Whitmer. There's no other reason. And also remember, in that uh, Proposition 3, there's uh, there's a hidden clause in there that the uh, mutilation of uh, kids uh, can go ahead without parents' approval. Yeah. So you have you have the uh, you know like I keep saying the parents are joining together against Gretchen and Nestle. Well, you know, I, I I certainly there's this other legislation too. You know, some Republicans in Michigan they're trying, they really are, and I'm glad. You know, hopefully they can overthrow the powers that be in the the old party, if you will. Um, but nonetheless, you know, it's I I yeah, I'm shocked to hear that. Thank you for the information. All right, Lee, I got to run, man, but I appreciate the call. Cool in the gang. Let's celebrate. There you go. All right, appreciate it. Thank you much. We got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. All right, see if we can get this back on the road here. We have Donald. Welcome to the program. Good afternoon. Hello, Donald. Yes, yes. Uh, Casey calling in. To, uh, I want to go over something with the listeners regarding this uh, strategic petroleum reserve release that the Biden administration did. Yeah. Uh, so I work in a gas station. I'm second in command at my particular gas station. Okay. Uh, so I sat with Tyler Gillian at Zach's funeral in August. And okay. Tyler asked me a question. He said, you know, do you think these prices are going to keep coming down? And I told him, no, they're going to plateau and they're going to go back up and then they're going to crash a little bit before the election in an attempt to play politics with gas prices, which is exactly what's happening. You just had a caller call in about Tudor Dixon getting the Detroit News endorsement, which is incredible, mm-hmm. to be honest. That's mm-hmm. that's a major development. Yes. We see all across this country what we see is a red wave that is about to happen in this election. And the Democrats know that's coming. They've known that's coming because they know that the leader of their party right now, which is their president, is a bumbling idiot who doesn't deserve to be in office. Yeah, it's and um so uh they're they're trying to do the old trick of dropping these gas prices right before the election. Mm-hmm. But I think what they fail to realize is most of America, most of Americans who vote, have wo- even in the Democratic Party, have woken up to these games they're playing. You talked about the Rita Glenn story. That was in a primary election, not in a general election. There's a lot of Democrats that are starting to wonder, okay, does our own party cheat in our primaries Yeah. when we're trying to vote for who we want to be in office, selling us out, including the way they sell Republicans out? Well, I'll tell you what. I've heard this from um, – not Republican, but uh, Democrat politicians in South Bend for many years. And in particular, um, minority candidates have felt that the Democratic Party in St. Joseph County – was intentionally throttling their success. And when you watch the clerk walk into the absentee ballot room in a primary, it sure looks like that might not be a frivolous accusation because this has been something that I have heard from several of them over the years. And, you know, I always assumed that there might be some truth to it, but, you know, you have video now of it potentially taking place. That's pretty dramatic. 
uh, when you when you see that stuff. And you know, I, I you look at how angry, in particular, the black community in South Bend was at, at Pete Buttigieg, and especially you know right before right before he he left and uh, did the national thing. So you certainly hope so. You certainly hope that people are starting to wake up. But, you know, I, I guess we're going to find out. I, I have a feeling that the projections are pretty conservative right now, but we'll see. I think that a lot of people are looking at the national picture, too, and have somewhat that same concern you have about Michigan. Yeah. My message to that, my fellow Americans would be this. The storm is upon us. This is it. We're in it. And my message to the Democratic Party would be, Nothing can stop what's coming. Yeah. You're too far behind this curve. This storm is about to run you over because you shot yourself in the foot repeatedly along the lines of what you're talking about. Never mind the fact that, my opinion only, the Democratic Party, at least locally, what, what I've seen over the years, in addition to all their other problems, is a cult of sexual abusers. <laughs> Well, and, uh, so and I'll tell they, you what. And they go out and they and they talk about women's rights and minority rights, but then the people they talk about protecting their rights are always the people that they're abusing. There's a lot of Democrats, analysis. yeah, a lot of Democrats in the uh, county city building who have been caught doing very inappropriate things towards women. That's not an understatement. A lot of them. And, uh, the, main, and the mainstream media protects them. Yeah, unfortunately. They, right. they will not run the stories that they have. All right, Donald, I appreciate it, man. Thank you much. Yep. Take Have care. Have a good one. You too. Bye. So let's take a look at the RCP's pro- projections here for the Senate. Uh, Real Clear Politics is now pro- projecting three Republican seats will be picked up. So it would give Republicans a 53-47 advantage. That's it, – it was at one point plus one, then it was plus two, then it dropped back down to even – now it is plus three. You know, it, this is, it's interesting stuff when you start taking a look at it. Fetterman is just completely imploding in Pennsylvania. Uh, Arizona Republicans are just dominating. Uh, you know, it's, and Arizona is generally a pretty red state anyway. So it is interesting to watch some of this stuff play out. But I also want to just take a moment because I've, I've said this before and I know that a lot of you probably agree with it, but how different would the Democratic Party be and the political landscape be right now if the Democratic Party had a soul and nominated Tulsi Gabbard as their nominee instead of attacking her? How different would things be looking right now? I think tell you what i don't think that the democratic party would be facing the onslaught that they're facing i think things would be a lot more difficult for republicans this time around this is my opinion it's just an analysis it's you know obviously nothing you can do but speculate we've got more open lines coming up news talk 95.3 michiana's news channel Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I'm your host, Casey Hendrickson. Do want to thank R&B Car Company. Locations in South Bend and Warsaw. R&B Car Company are your used car experts. It is open lines. 574-2595-93. That is 2595-953. To the phone lines we go. Ben, you made it. We finally got you. What's up? Casey, long-time listener, now frequent caller. How what's, we doing? What's up, man? 
<laughs> ben was trying desperately to get through uh, on the uh, the live stream today, so I'm glad you were able to get it. And uh, you you only had to wait for what half an hour? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, a few minutes here and there. There you go. What's up? Well, we threw a couple. We threw a couple cigars. So hey, see that's that's a good way to waste some time. It is. It is. So hey, I wanted to touch on the local elections, like I always do yep. every time I call, okay. and talk about some things that your listeners may not be aware of. Okay. Okay. First of all, um, when the CDC made its decision, this recent decision about scheduling the COVID vaccines to children, mm -hmm. um, our conservative-leaning school board candidates, that's Andy Rotten, um, Matt Chaffee, Brian Jones, they all came out and said no matter what, they will not mandate that to our kids. That's a position they have recently taken. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if your uh, listeners are aware of that. And I'm also not sure if they're aware that Penharris Madison is one of the largest, most influential school districts in all of Indiana. So as PHM goes, Indiana goes. So if you don't like what you're seeing at your local school board, or if you don't like what you're seeing at Penn Harris Madison, I know you talk about yeah. stuff that's going on daily. If you don't like what you hear, well, guess what? If we lose this election, this will happen in your school district. Because Indiana, the way PHM goes, we start these trends, the rest of the, the rest of the school boards, they follow us. So this is a big election. It's not just for our school district. This is for everybody. Yeah, I'm glad you brought this up because I was thinking about this earlier today. And, you know, I'm like with the CDC ruling and, and you know, obviously every school who wants to be able to do it, every state's going to try and do it. Uh, we know Holcomb can't be trusted on any of that. And so it's going to come down to your, your schools. And if you've got a school board who's already said, yeah, we'll mask your kid, even though all of the studies show that it doesn't really work and it's actually harmful. And you've got those types of people running the school board. You're going to, you're going to instantly have to deal with the possibility that you can't send your kids to public school without getting a COVID shot, which is going to put you them at tremendous risk. And there's no reason to do stuff like that. And so you've got to vote for people. And as you mentioned, all three of the, the uh, PHM uh, candidates have said that they are not going to support that. So that would, that would swing that, that school board away from violating your child's rights. It would. And, you know, the problem is I don't think, I don't think conservatives really, a lot of them don't follow it this closely. I don't think they're aware of the gravity of this election. See, liberals know. Yeah. That's why they've taken, the liberals know this. Yeah. That's why Luca Ramey is the head of communications for PHM. She's married to the general manager of ABC 57. She's been doing, they've been doing hit pieces hit pieces on our candidates, not just that liberal rag called the South Bend Tribune, that Marxist rag, not just them. ABC 57 has been doing, they've been doing hit jobs on our candidates. It's because they know, they know the gravity of this election. They understand it. Okay, they don't have, there's no volunteers that want to go out and knock on doors for Chris, for Chris Riley. Let's be real. There's nothing enthusiastic well, about that. Well, I mean, let's, let's be fair. I've seen two signs. Okay. Okay. Um, I've, I've seen about I've seen about two or three. Okay. okay. Yeah. There I've seen I've seen a couple. Yeah, I've seen a couple. Okay. Uh, well, here's the thing. I've yeah. seen you know hundreds for for the BAM candidates, but I've I've seen a couple of Chris Riley. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a couple of supporters. When, you know, we were, you know, and talk about what we're fighting against. Okay. Mm -hmm. We got this PR machine. Andy Rutten brought it up earlier. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Where they're where they're using PHM resources, PHM money to fund marketing for these Marxist candidates that are on the board. We need to change that. And what we need are volunteers. 
We need volunteers. And if you don't live in this district, it still affects you. I don't care who you are. This school district is very influential in Indiana. We need volunteers. We need your listeners to go to Andy for PHM.com. Again, that's Andy for PHM.com. Donate and most importantly, volunteer. We need boots on the ground. We need people knocking on doors because we're fighting against a Marxist machine, a Marxist Democrat machine that is using taxpayer dollars, taxpayer dollars to fund their chosen Marxist candidates. Okay, so if you don't like hearing about parents like Andy Rutten getting arrested for having the audacity to give the the school board a math lesson, or if you don't like hearing that PHM school board members are ignoring the parents when they talk about critical race theory, other things like that, they ignore us, they shut us down, okay, they censor us, they don't allow us to talk about Clifton French's stories. If you don't like hearing that, guess what? It's going to happen to your school district. So get on Andy for PHM.com and please get involved. We don't just want you to vote. Get involved. If you live outside the district, help, volunteer. We need people. We need volunteers. We need people knocking on doors. We need more support because we can't can't risk this. We can't have another 3 a.m. magic Biden moment with absentee ballots. We all saw what happened in St. Joseph County, the way they're going around trashing conservative ballots. Yeah. We got to get this has to be overwhelming, overwhelming. We need support. As just we were talking about Michigan earlier. So I forget. We all went to bed that night and Trump won Michigan. <laughs> Let's not forget yeah. that. <laughs> we woke yeah. up the next morning. And went, Wait a minute. What happened? Oh, they boarded up the room and, and the media is saying that there's no. OK, we get it. Yeah. So. It's a very, very good point. You have to make it too difficult for them to do anything. And hopefully, you know, catching, you know, with the St. Joseph County clerk getting caught going to the absentee ballot room, hopefully, you know, that at least freezes some of the things that they were going to do or at least gives them pause. We'll see. You know, the last thing I want to see is Rita Glenn gloating on the, after Election Day about conspiracy theories. Oh, and yeah. their kids yeah. magically <laughs> one at four in the morning. We need to overwhelm them yeah. with actual grassroots support. That's what we need to do. And if your viewers aren't aware, I'm also a YouTuber. Yes. So I make videos. I was going to let you plug it. I, have you gotten your new handle yet? Because they've rolled out the new handles now. Oh, I haven't, I haven't done that. Okay. So I'm still Ben Dallas at YouTube.com. Ben, just look me up, Ben Dallas. Right. That's my handle, I guess, a little bit outdated. But I make videos, and I bring the receipts on my videos. I bring all the receipts. No, they're funny, um, man. They're, they're funny, and they're entertaining, and you should be backing them up on Rumble. I do, I do. I also have a Rumble. You're on Rumble well. too. All right, that's good. All right. The the world according the world according to Ben. Yeah, that, that, that'll be it. <laughs> there you go. All right, Ben. I appreciate it, bud. Thank you, Casey. Thank have you for your one. patience, man. Take care. Yep. All right. Uh, <laughs> let me go over a couple of things here, just because we're talking about the he brought up the vaccination thing. The Moderna CEO has just admitted that COVID is like seasonal flu, and only vulnerable people need to get the vaccines. There's a recent study that, that uh, came out from funeral directors, which found out that 95% of corpses that they are getting right now have had a COVID vaccination within two weeks of their dying. There's a new study that's out of Japan that the vaccination poses higher risk of myocarditis death for all age groups. And they're saying it happens typically within 28 days study out of Japan. Those are three new things there. You got to be very, very careful 
about any COVID vaccine requirements or anything like that. And, you know, I can't tell you what to do. All I can do is give you the information and what you do with it is is entirely in your hands. We got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Once again, I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Got to tell you about MyPillow.com. If you go to MyPillow.com, make sure you scroll down. You want to click on the radio listener specials, okay? And then from there, you can pick on, you know, uh, any of the deals that are there. Slippers, uh, sheets, you got Bible story pillows. My six-year-old loves hers. They have Bible story throw blankets, if you got kids who like to snuggle up on the couch and watch TV like I do, that would be a great gift for them for the holiday season. Towels and pillows and mattresses and mattress toppers and all sorts of great stuff are on their clothing as well. But they also have a, an overstock sale. You can click on that and you can get up to 90% off on the overstock sale, which is for a limited time only. But you must use promo code Casey. That's C-A-S-E-Y. Go to MyPillow.com, radio listener specials, Promo code Casey. Back to the phone lines we go. Nate, welcome to the program. Good afternoon. Hey, good afternoon, Casey. What's up? So I'm going to get right to the point. Um, so I understand that Biden went to Pennsylvania to endorse a Democratic uh, a Democratic uh, yeah. congressman. Well, he's running for and, Senate. Fetterman. Yeah. Yeah. And that completely flopped on him. Yes. From what from what I understand. And now I just heard that he's in Delaware. So my my question is, is now that that completely backfired on him, what do you see happening in Pennsylvania? So just today, Real Clear Politics moved Pennsylvania to Dr. Oz. And here's the thing. Do you? Well, Fetter, Fetterman was, it was already at like a close race. And then Fetterman had a stroke. And then, right. Fetter, and then Fetterman got some sympathy because of the stroke, because nobody wants to root against a guy who's, you know, had a stroke, right? It's a sad thing. You don't want to, you don't want to be mean. Um, and then Fetterman came back and then Fetterman had a giant lump on his neck and he still has that lump on his neck. So people are a little concerned about his health there. Then you ended up finding out that he only had a stroke because he was ignoring specifically and directly ignoring his doctor's advice. And then you've got his wife basically on social media bragging that she's the entire brains of the operation. You've got her controlling him. He can't string sentences together. Um, and some people are trying to play that off as, well, there's a certain like read cognition error type thing that's happening here. So he has to read these comments. He can't audibly hear them and be able to respond to them. But even when he's just giving speeches, he's not able to convey his thoughts. They're very jumbled and all of that stuff. Now, his his supporters will say, yeah, but he can think clearly. He just can't get it from his brain out. And that doesn't affect his ability to to, you know, be a senator. Maybe, maybe not. That's up for the voters to determine. But the latest thing is the campaign. He is pro-releasing violent criminals from prison. I don't know how much you know about Fetterman. And he has said it repeatedly over and over again. And so there's a, the latest campaign ad that's been running in Pennsylvania is him saying that he thinks that, you know, all of these violent criminals should be let loose because they're no different than Morgan Freeman back in Shawshank Redemption. Well, oh, 
Jesus. So this is this is all a part of the, the campaign ad. He said it. He said that phraseology several times on the campaign trail. So they they're juxtapositioning okay. that with the news. Um, and it sounds like it might be Kaylee McEnany bringing up specific people and the horrible murders that they committed and Fetterman saying that that person should be let out of prison uh, because they're basically Morgan Freeman and Shawshank. So it's he, he's got a, a lot of issues. He's out there telling people that, you know, we need to not drive gas-guzzling vehicles. He owns three. They're all gas-guzzlers, every single one of them. Um, so there's a lot of problems with Fetterman. Uh, he is he's a Marxist. He's not somebody who's just like a left wing guy. He's a Marxist slash communist. That's who he is. I would actually put him in the communist category. Uh, so right now, it appears that Dr. Oz is going to win this thing. The only reason that this isn't a, a slam dunk is because Dr. Oz is not really popular with conservatives. So I, I see Pennsylvania going for Oz. I don't see Fetterman winning Pennsylvania. I really don't. All right. So what's your opinion on Oz then? What what are the things that you like about him? What's the things that you don't like about him? Uh, the things political wise. Th- okay, well the things well, that on the personal level. Okay. The things that I like about Dr. Oz are that he's not Fetterman. The things that I don't <laughs> like about Dr. Oz are pretty much everything. I I'm not a fan of Dr. Oz. I hated his show. I didn't like anything he did on his show. I never understood the appeal of Dr. Oz. I I have routinely mocked some of the dumb, stupid things that he has said on his program over the years. So I'm not going to sit here and, you know, be intellectually dishonest and and blow smoke up my audience's backside and say, oh, Dr. Oz is the best guy for the job. Now, with that said, I've seen some of the campaign ads of somebody who's not totally paying attention to Pennsylvania. I've seen some of the campaign ads with Dr. Oz. I think that uh, when it comes to inflationary issues, and I think from a business sense, I think he's he's fairly intelligent. This is a guy who needs to manage his money. He's got a business. He understands that. He has people who work for them. He understands that. That's only going to help anybody in politics. And so I, I see that as an asset that he can draw from. Do I see Dr. Oz as a consistent conservative vote in the United States Senate? No. Not at all. Do I see him as being a Mitt Romney type person? Maybe. But he's not Fetterman. And Fetterman is basically AOC in the Senate. And, you know, Pennsylvania, I'm sorry, that's what Pennsylvania got. But I'll take a Dr. Oz over a Fetterman any day of the week. Make sense? Cool. Yeah. It's just nice to know that the that the Democrats are getting hammered and getting destroyed in the during these uh, yeah. upcoming elections and all the well, pollings I mean, I've been seeing. We don't know. Yeah, we, you know, we'll find out here in a few weeks. But well, in a couple weeks. But you know, the the thing is, is that if this goes the way that most of the predictors have it going, the Democratic Party needs to they need to retool. They need to rebuild. The problem is that they've allowed the radicals to take over the party. I've said this for you know fifteen some odd years now. If you're a sane, reasonable Democrat and you just have differing policy positions on than Republicans or Libertarians, you're not welcome in the party anymore as far as a, a competitive sort of you know candidate or something of that nature. They want your vote. They want your money. They just don't want you to say anything. 
And you saw this in New York, you know, when you had the mayor of New York go, well, if you're a pro-life Democrat, you know, bleep you guys, we don't want you. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. What are you talking about? And by the way, this is another thing, too. There's a montage of Fetterman in Pennsylvania of him repeatedly saying that there should be no limits on abortion even up to nine months. So, and if you're a pro-life Democrat, right? Uh And I mean a real pro-life Democrat, not a Democrat who's pretending to be Catholic like Pelosi. I'm talking about like a real one, okay? Right, How can you look at somebody like that? Because that's going to be a big issue for you. And there's a big difference between voting for somebody that you think will provide some access but isn't a radical on it. But how do you, you know, how do you look at somebody like Fetterman and go, um, you know, he's a Democrat, so I'll vote for him anyway, even though he wants to kill children who could come out of the womb at any time, and he's okay with that. I, I don't know how a normal person reconciles that, so I think that there's going to be a lot of Democrats around the country who are pro-life, because there's actually a, a, a fair number of pro-life Democrats out there, but, you know, it isn't the big issue for them. And so they see these other issues as kind of like their main issues. And so they don't vote on the life issue necessarily. But when you start telling them, yeah, you can kill a nine-month-old baby, well, you know, basically a nine-month pregnancy, you can kill that, that child, that's going to make people who are not life voters into life voters because it's horrendously unpopular for obvious mm-hmm. reasons. It's crazy. And it's right. it's demonic and it's evil. And you're going to run into a lot of people on the Democratic side who are going to say, mm, we're not going to do that. If the Democratic Party wants to start really gaining respect again, and I don't mean just winning elections, I mean gaining respect. You can win elections by fom- fomenting hate and fear of the other side as much as you possibly can. And they've done they've done a fairly good job of that. But if they want to be taken seriously again, they have to stop normalizing violence. They have to stop gaslighting everybody into believing that only Republicans do that when clearly it's the Democrats who do that. They've got to stop nominating radicals. They have to start nominating people that are actually moderates and not fake moderates like Pete Buttigieg moderates, but like real, real moderates who love America, are patriotic, don't want terrorists to be to be successful, want to stop fentanyl from coming across the southern border but maybe believe in in expanding social welfare programs and things of that nature. I don't support that, but if the Democrats want to be taken seriously by independent voters, they're going to have to do things like that because the average person is moderate right in the United States. That's where the average person is. So if you sit the average American down and you explain issues to them, they align with the Republican Party overwhelmingly. It's an overwhelming issue when you look at the data and it's been that way for decades now the Demo- why not just well oh sorry go so ahead Casey. What, what, i'm sorry what the democrats do is then they demonize republicans and they make republicans right. out to be radicals when they have that conversation with independent voters and then independent voters hating radicals of either side then recoil occasionally and vote democrat and then sometimes they recoil occasionally and they vote republican but just on issues if you sit the average american down They're overwhelmingly not conservative, they're overwhelmingly not libertarian, and they're not leftist. They're moderate right. That's where they are. Now, I'm a conservative. I'm well aware that I'm not in the majority. That doesn't mean I'm not going to tell people that this is a better policy, in my opinion. I'm certainly going to do that. 
Um, but the Democrats aren't making that pitch to anybody. They're making the pitch that, you know, hey, you, you need to go down this woke nonsense. And this woke nonsense is really not popular with anybody. Right. No, I was just I was just wondering why not just why not have the Democrats just stay radical and just keep losing the primaries and all these other local elections and things. Why not they just keep losing so that way Demo- uh, Republicans can run the show and keep and keep the uh, the left wing radicals in check. Well, I mean, I, I suppose if you're a Republican, that's a really good bet. Now, he, I will use Indiana as an example of why I don't think that's necessarily good. Indiana Republicans, in general, suck. I I don't, you know, they're they're not even moderate right. They're just they're moderate. Sometimes they're moderate left, and and they have these weird positions sometimes. And I'm talking at the state level, right? I'm not talking locally. Locally, people tend to be pretty conservative. Um, and but what has happened is the Republican Party in the state of Indiana has gotten so relaxed because they just win. That at a state level, they don't even care about corruption in South Bend. They don't really fight it. It's like, whatever. It's not our problem. Um, they just they sit there and like, we'll, we'll win the state and we'll dominate the state. and It'll be what it is and, and that sort of thing. And so they don't really try to do things to succeed or to progress things. They don't pick battles that they should be picking. You see Holcomb even avoid battles that he should clearly be involved in because he doesn't want to be seen as, as biased. That's a bad place to be. I would like to right. see America get back to two great parties with two great candidates that are running at the same time, and based on the issues of the day, we decide which one is best for the next four years. That's what I would like to get to. I don't think we'll ever be there again, but I would love to get to that point because you need competition to thrive. And in Indiana, Democrats are not competition, and I don't want to see at the national level Democrats not being the competition either because then we're just going to have the same same issues and Republicans are just going to do what Republicans are going to do. They're not going to listen to constituents and constituents will vote for them simply because they're not Democrats and the Democrats are radical, crazy people. And I don't want to see that. I want to see two great parties with two great nominees who are going at it and having good ideas. And we just have to pick which one we think is going to work best. All righty, Casey. Thank you so much, man. I got to go. I appreciate it. You take care. I went long on that one, but I felt it was important. Competition breeds success and advancement and, until we get to a point where we have two great people going at it in races, um, we're, we're not going to have that advancement because everything right now is regressive when it comes to the left. The left is constantly trying to regress things. And then what they do is they accuse the right of regressing things when the right is trying to advance things. And, and I want to get to a point where everybody wants to advance. Anyway. MNC News Time is 5.35. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that last a lifetime. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I'm your host, Casey Hendrickson. A couple of people have, have asked me, hey, can you put those links that you were mentioning with the vaccine in, in the – you can post them somewhere. So I'll put them in the daily show prep. So you just go to btmedia.news. And you can still read all of the articles there. You can also get the news aggregator and stuff. The only thing that is happening right now at the website, there is a conflict with one of the plugins. You can't log into the social network and post to the social network that's on there. I am working on that. I'm hoping to have that fixed over the weekend. I found a couple of, of possible solutions for it. So we'll, we'll try and work on that over the weekend. But the rest of the website, the only thing that doesn't work is the free social network. 
everything else works just fine at btmedia.news. So make sure you head over there. You should bookmark it. It should be the first website that opens with your browser anyway. Just open it to the news aggregator so you get all of the, the best conservative news stories every single morning right there on, in one spot, and you don't have to worry about tracking them all down. I'll actually probably be adding a couple of more sources on that as well that I found some, some really good sources here as of late that I've been very, very happy with. So I'll probably add those there because if it's good enough for me, it's good enough for you. And I'd like you to have access to those stories as well. So again, btmedia.news. Burning Truth Media, basically. btmedia.news. Don't forget, go to 953mnc.com. You can pick up your tickets to Noise to go see Lauren Southern on stage with me. Uh, the jury is still out on whether or not I wear a suit. To be perfectly honest with you. We've heard a couple of things. We've heard a lot of yeses that I should have a real suit again. Um, I don't know that I'm going to pay for a real suit right now, considering I'm still dropping weight, and I don't know that I want to pay for a suit and then have to retailer the stupid thing. Um, also, when I'm at this weight, my shoulders are really broad, and shoulder pads and suits and things like that are a bit of an issue, even the, the slimmer fit ones. So I don't know if I'm going to do a suit. Um, I know that there are tremendous amounts of requests that I do not wear the typical sport coat that I wear, so I may get a different one. <laughs> I might get even some new pants, okay? I might even get, who knows? Maybe some new shoes. We'll see. But the jury is still out on what I'm going to wear on stage. Uh, I'm assuming that I'll probably dress all up and Lauren Southern will get there and she'll just look like her normal, casual self and I will feel stupid. Um because then I could have dressed in my normal casual self and it would have been fine. But if I dress up in my normal casual self and Lauren Southern uh, shows up dressed up, then I'm going to look even more dumb uh, because she's already going to outclass me, let's be honest, on stage. And if she's dolled up and I'm not dolled up, it's just going to look that much worse. So I don't know. Uh, maybe dressing up is the way to go. Maybe it'll equalize it a little bit. I'm not sure. Let me know in the comment section on Rumble, rumble.com slash Casey, the host, on what I should wear to noise, and then go get your tickets for noise. November 19th at the Learner Theater in Elkhart, 953mnc.com or thelearner.com. More coming up, 953mnc. All right, so two quick things before we go. Uh, two days ago, we were talking about what a piece of garbage James Corden was. And what happens? He gets kicked out of a restaurant and has an absolute hissy fit. Uh, and I, exactly what I told he's he's just an awful person. I'm glad that he's leaving Hollywood, I think, at the end of the year. And also, look at this story with Dana Nessel. Dana Nessel, who got drunk at a football game a year ago, uh, the story has just come out this week that she was forcing her security to sign NDA so they wouldn't release information about what actually happened surrounding that event because of the campaign. Gotta love Michigan. All right, folks, have a great weekend. We'll see you Monday.